That's what he I, thought. That's the good shit. He's a narcissist. And welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. My name is Michael Sipes, and you can find me on Twitter at FFBlitz. I don't even know how to do this. We said last week where we had multiple partners and Shane went off about having multiple partners when there was only what? two people. Today, we've got like, what do we have, 16, 20? I don't even know how many people we have in the room right now. Yeah, there's but, another word for it now. Yeah. <laughs> but before we do that, Jeremy Broen's here. Yes, yes. And Shane Manila. <laughs> Hey, I'm here as well. Let's get and get to the uh, the people that the the people are here to listen to because it ain't us. I know. Can you really? announce us from uh, most handsome to least handsome place. We already now. Well, we we already out of, went out of order because we we started with Mike. So I would. Hey, 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 hey! Wait a second. Well, we we went from age is what we did. No, but li- listen before we introduce everybody because there's so many people in the room and oh, we didn't even say what we're doing. This whole thing oh is already—it's already went off the rails, and we just started. But we have well, our. Hey, hey, you guys started with fun of me partners. All I remember. <laughs> yeah. You're making fun of me, questioning Mike. Come on. Yeah, Mike. exactly. They're so, gonna. So anyone listening to this podcast, just a wild guess. They're probably going to see the description. Yes, so exactly. They'll know. They'll know what it's about. It's They're going to know the, the what it's about. Who's there? Everything. Okay. But this is how we do every show. It always starts off the way we think, and then it goes all over the place. But it's our annual celebrity. Mock draft, and we do it the week, well, two weeks or so before the real NFL draft. And we have a whole bunch of people in the room. It's like WrestleMania last weekend. They have all the all-stars and all the best people. We've got them all here tonight. And Jeremy's going to let everybody know who's here. All the cool and smart people are here with us, actually. Um, it, it's a really great crew we have here tonight. want to thank everyone for joining us. With the first overall pick, we have Marcus Grant at NFL, NFL Fantasy Football. With the 102, Danny Kelly from The Ringer. With the 103, Bob Lung, you know him, FF Expo, and the guru from the Consistency Guide. Chad Parsons, under the helmet with the 104. At 105, Bob Harris, football diehard, Sirius XM. Ian Hartitz with the 106. Rich Dotson, 107, from Dynasty Nerds. Cody Carpentier from Player Profiler, Player Profiler at 1.08. And right behind him at 1.09 from Dynasty Trade Calculator, Izzy Alcafas. At 110, Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, 111, Scott Barrett. And then I just uh, lost the spreadsheet. And at 112, wrapping up, the New York City firefighter from Expand the Box Score, Andy Singleton. <laughs> and Andy's got his arm pumping in the air. I saw at one point when you were saying everybody's name, Danny was cracking up about something. Everything all right, Danny? Uh, yeah, it's not hard tits. It's yeah. hard tits. <laughs> no, I say hard tits. It's, it's and hard you guys, tits. you guys have to know why I do it though, because we started a home league, and uh, well, you can explain it. You told us how. Oh, yeah, you, you can cover me. however you want. You should know how it's pronounced, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I like you, got, you got scrappy. So scrappy. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I will say this: until I was like 22, I was just tits to all my friends. So you know, it's whatever. Like. It, <laughs> Well, ultimately, when they're the ones screaming across the yard, yo, tits, like people look at them. They don't really look at me. So but that's where you guys it comes can call from. me whatever you want. Very sorry. But you say when you were 22, how old are you now? You look like you're 24. 25. Bro, 29 later this month, you know? Best oh, wow. years of my life ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just passed them. Oh, <laughs> wait, who said that? Where'd that come from? I'm catching strays all over the place. Let's go, though. Let's go. Look, uh, over Bob Lung. Yeah, let's go. We're going to start off with Marcus. No, Marcus Grant's got the 1.01, right? Yes. Yeah, I do. I I, I backed into this one, so this was cool. You didn't trade down, did you? 
no, I, 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 no, I, I checked the email like this morning. I'm like, oh, look, I got the number one spot. Like that was, that was pretty much how that whole thing went down. Um, all right. So I guess I get to kick this whole thing off. Do I need a long preamble? Or I just tell you that I'm going to take Brees Hall at number one. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. Time, I'm taking like, I, you know, and I know, like, I understand, like, this is not a great running back class, right? I know everybody's like kind of down on this group, but I still think there's some value to a guy that is likely going to end up in a situation where he's going to get a lot of opportunity. Uh, he's going to catch the football. He did it pretty well at, at Iowa State, was incredibly productive with the Cyclones, um, you know, and there's still, uh, you know, as much as the, you know, RBs don't matter narrative has sort of won out, um, us fantasy types are still thirsty for, for any kind of productive running back. So that's, that's why I'm going there at 1.01. You know, it's interesting. So not Kenny Pickett. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> a lot of times with, with mock drafts, the first pick is always the easiest pick to go with. It, 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 did anybody have anything differently? Like, I know Danny's next, but is there anybody in the room that would have went somewhere else with the 1.01? Yeah. No. Man, we hate these quarterbacks. Uh, oh, wow. man, which which means this is going to be a total disaster. <laughs> yeah, we, we should mention all, we all agree, like, this can't be good. Right? This is a super flex draft. We should mention that. And I got to <laughs> tell everyone, we did a two-quarterback draft last night in a, another show I did, and we still only drafted, like, three quarterbacks in the first. So. <laughs> well, it, it, except in the DFB where we had the 101, we went quarterback, but it seems like it, nobody else really seems to care about quarterbacks. Well, if you guys all agree, then we're going to breeze through this. If we everybody has on every breeze. pick? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't I don't agree, but I don't want to stop it up because we could probably disagree on everything. So well, but no, no, we just want one show colored paddles for every yeah. pick. Just just yell. Just yell at Marcus. <laughs> Somebody's got to say Malik Willis or something. I'll say Malik Willis. I'll say Malik Willis as well. I, 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 I dare. But wait a second. I like, All of a sudden now people are saying stuff. So who said I would say Malik Willis as well? Is he? Is he? Yeah, I mean, quarterback in Superflex, quarterback is still king. At the end of the day, you get the value insulation, you get the upside. All these guys are a risk, but give me the quarterback that everybody's going to want after the draft. Um, you look at even the guy, you look at Zach Wilson, who struggled in his rookie season. Look at Justin Fields, who didn't look the best. They still have really great value. So there's really very little mm-hmm. risk to take Malik Willis. You get a full year to see what he's about. And if he falls flat, kind of like Zach Wilson did, or you know, doesn't show as well like Justin Fields did, they still hold tremendous value. So it's it's a no-brainer to take Malik Willis, in my opinion. I, I like I like Brees Hall. I think he's got some nice upside as a running back, but they're a dime a dozen, and they don't hold as much value typically. Yeah, and I was going to say, I if you're going running back, uh, Kenny Walker is my RB1, so I would have went that route. But I'm also looking at receivers long-term, and Drake London is the only guy to me that's coming out this rookie year with the chance to be a, a thousand yard receiver and then long-term value as well. So for me, it's the floor and the ceiling for Drake London. So um, for going long-term security, I, I would have went there. So it's interesting. Not that, not that we want to say, Marcus, you made the wrong pick. I just thought that there might He's be somebody in the fine. room that yes, has a second opinion. <laughs> he definitely I think he made the that's... wrong pick. I think it's indicative of this class though. It's, it's a great discussion that was just had just now. It ain't like there's, there's no clear cut top, Tier, I mean, top tier, but not, you know, number one, number two, know. number three. It's not kind of shaking out like that. But I don't know if any of these guys are going to be starters at some point or at any point. So I'd rather, you know, take the shot at the wide receiver. Well, so Danny, a lot of opinions were just made on what the 1.01 should be. I'm sure you already had your idea of what you want to do at 102, but you're up. Yeah, I'm going to go with, I guess, the chalk pick here and, and take Malik Willis. And that's just piggybacking off of what Izzy said. Basically, it's like, Number one, we're doing this before the draft. If he ends up in like Pittsburgh, 
his value is immediately going to go up. I feel like people trust that organization. He's got a good system around him, you know? Um, so I'll take him there. I'll, I was, it was, came down to me between two guys and I really, again, don't really trust this quarterback class very much, but we saw a guy like Trey Lance last year, who like didn't even barely play and he still held strong in terms of his value. Um, Malik Willis could come in and, and look pretty crappy, but still run a lot and, and be pretty valuable in fantasy. So um, he's like basically the only quarterback I'm interested in. <laughs> and so I'm going to go with him. Danny, where would you rank him? And if, if he was coming out last year among that class, just wondering. Um, that's a good question in fantasy, probably, you know, below Lawrence fields, Trey Lance. Um, and then that's where you start getting into like it, him versus Zach Wilson. I was never really that high on Zach Wilson to start with. Um, so probably, probably there because I just because of the rushing upside, but I don't trust Willis whatsoever as a passer yet. No. Um, I mean, if you look at all the, all the passing numbers from last year, they're pretty horrible. And so, um, really this is just a bet on like, he's going to give you a couple of years at least of, of good, like rushing floor, kind of like a, like, um, you know, uh, hurts or whatever. And so that's kind of like what I'm looking at, but I do think he has like the talent, the arm talent to develop. It's just, it's a big, big question mark. And, and it's, you know, he, he would be another outlier kind of like Josh Allen, where, um, you don't typically see guys like this with this low, like poor of passing efficiency, um, end up developing in the NFL, but I don't know. He does kind of strike me as like the guy I want to like bet on too, because he's just so, so talented. You mentioned you mentioned going to Pittsburgh. Does falling to twenty in the draft bother you at all, or that doesn't really move the needle? No, honestly, like look at what happened with Lamar Jackson. He landed with a stable, good organization, guys like a team around him, like a very stable coaching situation. I think that's like those are really valuable things. I don't really doesn't care. I don't really care where he goes. I'd almost rather have him go later in the round because you're going to a better team. You see guys like Trevor Lawrence. You see. You know, Zach Wilson, all the talent in the world for these guys. Everybody loved him coming in. Trevor Lawrence in particular, it's like, how like how could he have been so bad last year? Like, it, it boggles my mind, but it's because of the situation. Um, Your head coach is out grabbing booty at the bar at midnight. <laughs> he like, he, he literally, that's like the worst case scenario. Like, I don't know if there's ever been a worse NFL coach. And he's gone. He was gone as fast as he got there, so. It works. And I don't want to, and I like the reason I brought up Pittsburgh is because I don't want it to be a situation like Justin Fields, who I, I am now afraid is just going to get screwed because he landed in Chicago. They immediately fire their coach. They have no talent around them. They have no first round pick. And it's like, we can't get a realistic look at what this guy actually is. And I like when he landed in Chicago, I was just like, damn, damn it. <laughs> like that is the worst possible spot. Not worse, but it's, it definitely wasn't a good one. Um, so I am starting to already lose faith in, in, in fields, but again, he's, I, he's so good. And he's such a good runner. If they actually let him run this year, I still think he's got a ton of va- fantasy value. Yeah, I, I just have just... to interject here for a second. If you don't mind, I don't know how God, Danny can say <laughs> urban Meyer is the worst quarterback. Bobby Petrino would like time. a word. When his team drafted Ryan leaf 2.0, the biggest bust of the century. <laughs> Troll. <laughs> <laughs> In your fields analysis, that also could have been Sam Darnold with no, nobody around them, no time, time to develop, fired the coach. So yeah. that could be the flip side. Yeah, but it's the big thing here, too, is guys this, go to bad teams. I mean, the big thing here is like Izzy, because I, I mean, on the last year's show, I said the same thing. I mean, Izzy said it to start off in these super flex drafts. Young quarterbacks trump all. And, and if you're in a if you're in a dynasty league right now and you have a Zach Wilson, you have a Trey Lance, and you have a Justin Fields. 
right now, the way the quarterback market is in Dynasty, I mean, if you join a Superflex Dynasty startup right now, by the time you get to pick two six, the quarterbacks are already depleted, and you're standing there. If you don't have one, you're already standing there on an island wondering what you're going to do. So, you know, Danny taking Malik Willis here at one two. All Malik Willis has to do is have a couple of good games early and show some good rushing upside. And he's already put himself in the position to make a trade to better his dynasty team. I mean, people are so hungry for these young quarterbacks in dynasty fantasy football right now. The fact that you just own one, even if you can look out like you know, all of us as analysts and we can see that this guy is not going to be the answer. Or if you have a worry about Justin Fields, we can sit here and say, wow, Zach Wilson fell on his face. Justin Fields didn't look that good. But if you go and try and trade for those guys right now in a dynasty league, you're paying premium pricing right now. So to get in that you know, sweepstakes, to get trade for a guy like Jamar Chase, to trade for a Jonathan Taylor, you have to come back with a high-end player. And those guys are at least going to get your foot in the door. So there is a lot of upside of taking these guys, no matter how bad we think they're going to be. Once they step on the football field, the price is going to increase. It's going to give you an opportunity to move that player for an upgrade. You know, Rich, there's a lot of people, at least we see it a lot now, that play Dynasty, but a lot of people play it as if it's redraft. You know, everybody's doing it for this year. And if their people don't hit right away, they're ready to move on to the next guy. And you're right. When you make it to the offseason after that, after going through that season, their rookie season, it seems harder to get some of these players. I know as like a teacher with a, with a big room, you've got a lot of people talking, but Shane, my screen keeps popping up saying Shane is raising his hand. So I guess Shane wants to say something. No, no. Why just the one in the whole room? I know. I it, it says Shane's raising his hand. No, just, just Zach Wilson. I mean, there's just three different, really, in Dynasty. They're very looked at very differently. Trey Lance is still looked at like because he barely played. We all think he's going to be a QB1. Zach Wilson, we already know, is a trash can. And Justin he throws Fields. a great ball. Give him a damn chance. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying the view of him in the <laughs> leagues that I'm in. I don't know him personally. Yeah. He right. might Let, not let's, be a trash. What team. happens if any of those quarterbacks have a train wreck season, a repeat of yeah, what was last Trevor, season? And that's, unstartable. They're going to go through the floor. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say about the insulation. Like, eh, I don't know, because I was all in on Trevor Lawrence last year. Um, and if I could get a fraction of what I had to pay to get him in most leagues, I'd be that. I'd be out. But I can't because everyone well, else is as scared as I am. Yeah, no shit. I just said that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, insulation is insulation ain't what it used to be. We had to pay. I don't think we have time for Shane and Jeremy to go at each other tonight. But let's move on. We're going to Bob. Bob's at the one hundred and three. Now, Bob, you're. We've talked to you in the past. You're mostly a redraft type of guy, anyways, right? Yeah. Not so much a dynasty guy. So this is a. Pretty much a dynasty mock draft, but at mm-hmm. 103, I think it's close enough to redraft for you. So what do you think there at 103? So, yeah, I had to do a lot of research here because I'm in a dynasty league with Jeremy and some of the guys down here in, in Ian. Um, and <clears throat> I, I, I don't do I mean, I'm kind of middle of the road because I drafted a lot of guys that I like to redraft and. You know, haven't been doing that great in the rookie drafts um, this year. I think I have 104. So this is very close to where I'm going to pick here maybe in about a month. Um, and it is a super flex league. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of with everybody else. And, you know, I listen to a lot and, and especially try to learn from all of you very smart people in the dynasty world. And and I get the whole super flex idea and, and you know, wanting to get a top quarterback. But I kind of feel like. In like in the league I'm in, I have my two quarterbacks. I don't feel like any of these guys really 
maybe can be a potential. Uh, Rich, I, I totally appreciate your thoughts on where I could trade him. But, you know, I was looking at the players and, and who's listed. And, you know, me, I'm all about consistency. And, and one of the most consistent players coming out of college for two straight years at the Ohio State University is Garrett Wilson. I feel like this kid can go onto any team and become a future uh, wide receiver one in a lot faster time frame than a quarterback. And so I'm going to take Garrett Wilson. He had two great seasons, sophomore and junior year uh, at Ohio State. And I think this, you know, the kid had, ran a 4.38, 40, uh, runs great routes, um, just a very, very top notch. You know, whether he's the next Jamar Chase, I don't know, but I think he's going to be very close. So I'm going to take Jarrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson. Looking at people's faces, Ian really seemed to like that pick. His face was going up and down. Wide receiver was that all the time. I was trying to think how to make just I was trying to think how to make an R with my hands because I was still at the W R one, but you know we'll work on that. But yeah, man. I mean, as a Columbus lifer, I've watched every game. I actually went to a high school with his brothers. Um, I played ball with uh, Cam and Garrett. Cam went to Iowa. Garrett went to uh, or yeah, Cam went to Iowa. Garrett went. To, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Donovan went to Georgia Tech, and obviously uh, Garrett went to Ohio State. But, man, he was like in fifth grade then, and they even then they talked about how their youngest brother was still going to be the best of the group. Their dad was like an NBA player in the 80s. Like, this dude just somehow got the best genes out of all of them in terms of work ethic and talent. And, like, you know, it seems like the negatives on him, they're like, oh, watch this, uh, you know, him catching the gauntlet at the combine. Now he's like, it seems like he did. He can fly. If you could jump five feet in the air, you'd probably be jumping up for most balls too. So, it just seems like silly uh, complaints when you get down to it. He's, he has the most upside of anyone. Like the knock is like he's almost like more unpolished than we're used to a receiver being out of Ohio State. Sign me up, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver one. Is there anybody in the room that thinks there's a different wide receiver that should be the one on one wide receiver? He told you Andy. that earlier. Yeah, Andy does. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually with Andy too on that too. Um, and about Drake, Drake London over Garrett Wilson. Chad raised his hand as well, too. Well, my pick's next, so I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> I was just going to say, all this table talk. Come on, guys. Exactly. Well, then go ahead, Chad. Go ahead and make your pick then. So I, I really thought I was going to be picking a different player, but seeing that my number two player fell to four, I will take it. So um, I think one of the biggest unicorn profiles in the class is Traylon Burks. Uh, he gets a lot of shade for running four fives, but... I saw reports he played at 235, 240, maybe at his his heaviest, and yet we're seeing max speeds of 22 plus miles per hour. So if that's not a freak at the position of not a lot of freaks, we're seeing a lot of guys that are, you know, 5'11 to 6'1, 180, 190 pounds. I mean, all of that is commonplace for wide receiver profiles. How about a guy that's going to get round one pedigree that is 225 plus? And he runs like a gazelle. I mean, people talk about using him and manufacturing touches. I'm excited. And there may be a floor here. There may be a bust risk. But he's projecting the back half of round one. That's where all the good quarterbacks are. Like, we're talking about Kansas City multiple picks. Uh, We got Green Bay a couple picks. Maybe Buffalo goes wide receiver. There are a lot of sneaky situations that are deeper where Garrett Wilson, Drake London, I like these guys, but they might go early enough where you say, "Eh, the offense, What does one go to Atlanta? I I mean, the quarterback combination. So Traylon Burks, I think, is the biggest ceiling of any of these guys. And I think he might go one-on-one. If he goes to one of those two situations, Kansas City and Green Bay, four picks late, and that's where he's projected in the 20s, that 
I'm super excited. It's going to be hard for me to move off of Brees Hall at one, but Traylon Burks, that atomic combination of strong quarterback late first and his physical profile. I mean, I think he's got huge dynasty upside potential. And a lot of these guys to me are good wide receiver prospects, but certainly not potentially transcendent ones. Certainly not ones that you say that has the look of a high end wide receiver one, you know, have prototypical size and a guy that really tilts on a defense and takes an offense on his back. So I, so I think we're putting you down for Chris Olave then. Chris Olave, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's can the we, anti. He's, we, he's the anti Chad pick. Can we kill this whole like you know Traylon Burks like his forty times? Can we can we just kill this whole thing because it's good enough? Who cares? Kill it. He's he dominated. Enough. He dominated. He's in that game 30, 40 pounds heavier than Garrett yeah. Wilson. The can we put him on a different? Bama, he dominated. We just had an NFL, mind you, a terrible NFL coach. We had an NFL coach who basically said that play, the coaching in the NFL is like playing Alabama every single week. <laughs> Traylon Burks dominated against. Alabama so to hell with the fact that he didn't run a 40 time that everybody like you know dropped their jaws over like the dude can play like we love people love Jamison Williams but I on the tape it. he doesn't get caught that's the he 40 get time. caught that's the whole point right like I think I don't I think know the like, call, me, calls. call me the calls. next time a dude in the NFL like you know runs with no pads on like with just shorts and a, t- and a tank top like in an actual game like it doesn't matter like Amen. we saw what Traylon Burks did so to hell with all this stuff about what his 40 time was. It doesn't, it's irrelevant to me. It, it's not a four, seven either, right? It's four, five, five Fitzgerald ran a four, five, three Jordy Nelson ran a four, five Brandon one. Marshall. You can't even have a different it's, bar with it, speed scores for guys that are slow, 220 yeah. plus. It's not fastest, slow. He had the fastest yeah. speed time in all college football of any player at 22.6 miles yeah. per hour. Yeah. See, there it is. Alabama. Remember 10 years ago, all we wanted were guys that were 6'2", 6'3", plus, and 220 plus. Prototypical size. And now we're getting all these small guys. We finally have the big guy, and everyone wants to beat him down. (laughs) And listen, I'm on Traylon Burks, too. Like, I I love him. The the people, everybody that goes to Alabama game, the counterpoint is, like, what about, like, versus Georgia? Uh, and uh, I can't remember the big SEC game where he had a total of like four catches for like twenty yards. Well, Georgia didn't give up points, so yeah. Okay, well, that's fair too. <laughs> let's start with that. But again, I love Traylon Burks. I'm not just saying that to say like counterpoint him because I would take him here too. Like he's he's quick quiz. Say who the Arkansas quarterback is. KJ Jefferson. Uh, well, here, Ryan Ryan gonna... <laughs> Wrong room for that. But generally, a lot of people don't know. The point well, is, they're gonna... not good. And I, I was just going to mention too with KJ Jefferson. It was kind of like you know what we used to say about. Um, Amari Cooper, that he did all of that with Blake Sims. So Traylon Burks did all of that with KJ Jefferson. So it, okay. add that yeah, to what he did against Alabama. Imagine him with a good NFL quarterback in the later first. Imagine. I imagine that every night. That's, that's how I go to sleep. <laughs> that's what you imagine, Shane? <laughs> I'm in love with Traylon Burks. That's not what your search history says. I think you're going to see that consistently throughout these rookie drafts after NFL draft. I mean, the Packers and the Chiefs are going to take a receiver, and whenever those receivers go, they're going to see a bump in these rookie drafts. People are going to bypass the tape. People are going to bypass the analytics, and they're going to ride Pat Mahomes, and they're going to ride Aaron Rodgers, and whoever goes there, whether it be Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, or who it's not. It'll be Christian Watson. We're all going to hate Jahan Dotson might be one of four in rookie drafts if he goes to Kansas City. I hope hope to God that happens, because I'll still be drafting Traylon Burks over uh, James some Williams, but well, you won't have to. <laughs> and that's that's the, <laughs> that's the interesting to. part of doing these kind of drafts prior to the real NFL draft. You know, I know we mentioned earlier that the DFB is we're in the middle of our rookie draft right now, but most of the leagues that are out there, they all do their rookie drafts after the NFL draft. So you don't have to make some of those decisions right now. Jeremy's You're, shaking his head. I just, so, I just need to put it not out us. There. I do You're, mine in December. 
Yeah, if you don't do a rookie draft before the NFL draft, you're basically a coward. Um, oh my god! I, I want to throw that. Out. And then calls I, out everybody. I was just gonna say, yeah, because <laughs> the majority of the people are doing it after I like the that draft. Take, though. I, I like the take. I feel. Okay, I'm in rookie like drafts with you that are after. The draft. <laughs> exactly. And we're cowards. That's the cowards. We are cowards. But, just yells cowards. but that's the point. Most people do it, but of course Shane's gonna attack the the majority of the people. But Bob. <laughs> let's go over to you and what do you think you're, you're at the 105 and it's all up to you well i've told shane is the worst but I, that was like the best take ever so uh, i'm just not even believing any of this also uh, i have oh, no. an authority that drafting usc players is the only way to go i heard this from marcus grant i don't know ah. maybe but also for everything everyone said i mean there's two things you can't coach size and speed i'll take the guy with half of that uh, Drake London has the has the size portion, and I bet he's fast enough. Also, versatile can play all the spots. I'm I'm all in. And that's what everybody agreed with you. Early, well, not everybody, but a majority of the people agreed with you earlier that he would be the 101 as a wide receiver. I mean, we did the whole like who was Traylon Burks's quarterback. I mean, you know who who was Drake London's quarterback? Keaton Slovis at some yeah, point, yeah. right? Like I, a week. I know. I know that because the running joke is that, you know, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Kurt Warner was his quarterback's coach in high school. <laughs> they only mention it in every broadcast. <laughs> All right. Every single is anybody time. Is anybody worried about London being slow, though, coming off the ankle injury or no? Quietly. Somebody said quietly. Oh, Who said that? Well, I said slightly. I mean, you know, that's the that's the knock, right? You know, but uh, but I don't know how big of a knock it's going to be. I just like a guy with, the, you know, with that versatility, you know, where they can yeah. move him into any spot. And also, I mean, the size matters a little bit. I'm told. Six five, you have more wiggle room. <laughs> what uh, one of these PFF guys, maybe Hartsitz over there, remembers the uh, and I'm always messing with you, but well, something with the uh, contested catches. It just it was like you know five times the amount of anybody ever collectively, cumulatively in college. So uh, I- I'm exaggerating, of course, but his 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 uh his fifty fifty balls. Uh, he- he's not the same frame as Mike Evans, but he compares most similarly to Mike Evans for me. And that's why I say, I think he's going to be just in and out, you know, hundred plus target thousand yard, uh, 10 touchdown kind of guy from, from day one, from, from rookie year on. Cause uh, if you watch what he does, he can win it, it contested. And he also is always looking to come back and, and bail out his quarterback as well. So I, I just love his innate ability to find ways to get open. Um, I also like it, it, kind of a comparison. Christian Kirk was phenomenal in, in finding the soft spots and zones. And uh, he just kind of, Drake to me also has that kind of innate uh, ability to just find the, the zone, uh, find the spot in, 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 to get open, to get himself open and then add that size to it. So his speed doesn't even really play. That, what that's Andy not even said. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't, so, so you don't have any fears or any PTSD. From drafting Nikhil Harry in the past <laughs> and getting like flashbacks. Hey, wait. No, Nikhil, Nikhil Harry is a totally different guy. Just ask totally him. Totally different guy. Okay. Nikhil Harry was. Worst. Nikhil, Nikhil Harry was a lottery ticket. It was a. Uh, the development factory known right. as the Patriots for why. I just said he was the 101 in, in a lot of drafts. Um, Maybe the worst class on this. Can I can I dump on some of these picks because I think that would be yes, more interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot Please of people that have done it. I don't like Drake London. That's Scott's I was been trying to say it gently. Quiet. I don't want I don't want you dudes don't like that it. are great at contested catches. Why is Matt Corral still afraid of what he might become, Shane? You're, you know, it's not like you don't like him. You just you're afraid 
that he's not going to develop into a. I'm afraid that he's not going to get open in the NFL, and we're going to hear about like, well, he led the league in contested catches, but that's going to be 14 receptions because he only had 20 targets. Okay, so so apparently a top 10, top 15 pick, I think you're going to get plenty of chances. But wait, Scott asked if he could talk, and then Shane took over. So Scott, yes, go go ahead. Answer yes. Shane's like yes, yes, Scott, you can talk. Shane, am I allowed to talk? Is that okay? Third, you're third on the list of being able to talk coming up. We, we do this the every single week. Raise your hand. Shane raised his hand. Shane, Mike will point to you when he's ready. Yeah, exactly. Shane. It be enough just to be good looking. Come on. Scott. So go ahead, Scott. What were Let's you all be say? quiet and cross our arms and listen to Scott talk. Talk some shit real quick. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think uh, I just got teed up a little bit. Uh, you know, the uh, reference to PFF and contested catches. So yeah, Drake London, an elite contested catch receiver, I think like 60% in college, an all-time great mark. The problem with that is if you look at the top contested catch receivers ever to come out, according to PFF College, so since 2014, it's like everyone's favorite bust, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Nikhil Harry, Hakeem Butler, uh, the list goes on and on. It's like very few hits, and all of the all-time worst busts Uh, Laquan Treadwell, you know, really a ton of those names. The one thing I'll say about Drake is uh, to make that even more negatively predictive. So like not only does contested catches mean nothing to me, it's like almost a red flag. It's uh, contested catch catches receptions divided by total receptions. Uh, I will just say, you know, Drake London ranks a lot lower there. So uh, I haven't finished my wide receiver model, so I, I can't say for certain. But heading in, I was really worried that he wasn't a separator, but I'm not really seeing that yet. It could just be the case where he can separate, and he's also a guy who turns 50-50 balls into 60-40 balls. Uh, I will dump on, on Traylon Burks as well. Just a, a shout-out to the Fantasy Points podcast. I had Jim Nagy, director of the Senior Bowl, on today. Uh, and I asked him if there was anyone he thought, you know, Twitter was overthinking. And I threw out the name Traylon Burks following the combine, which I had as like a pretty good combine. You know, you wait, wait just that 40 and it's a, it's a, it's a solid time. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, the downside comp is LaVisca Chanel. And he was like, oh, let me stop you right there. LaVisca Chanel was a dramatically better prospect coming out. Traylon Burks is a guy who I, I saw people talking about him in round one. And it was blowing my mind. And I, I've talked to a number of film, film experts, uh, a ton of PFF guys like Mike Renner, and they are way down on him, uh, way, way more down on him than the analytics community. And like, you know, I looked at the analytics pro- profile. It's great. But there, there were a few red flags like minimal target competition. Uh, so he's a guy I'm really struggling with. Just wanted to, 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 to throw that out there. This is why I love you, Scott. <laughs> I think he, he's Let's go back to Shane. I got better before he started talking. <laughs> Scott hates all your picks. Do better, guys. Do Can better. I just do this for the rest of the draft? Available. Just don't want everyone. Please. Sure. <laughs> still working off my top uh, yeah. two list. Uh, so, Ian, you've been mentioned a couple times in people's different discussions, but you're the next person on the clock. Yeah, you're up, so. tits. <laughs> From hard, it's not hard tits. And Scott's analysis is up next after that. <laughs> From the Ohio State University, Chris Olave. Get out wide of here, really? Four. I had the, uh, you know, I had the order. I had Garrett, wide receiver one, Traylon Burks, wide receiver two, Drake London, 
wide receiver three. Only thing I'd add to the London debate is, um, you know, I, I saw the contested catch numbers, but um, shout out to friend of the industry, Hayden Winks. I think he did a good job. He is a USC alum, so maybe he's uh, really digging in that film, but he showed a good enough an, amount of clips to me to at least see how this dude seemingly nice. can run a big route tree with the separation. So I do think um, to Scott's latter point that it might be one of those rare exceptions where like, yeah, this is just a big dude that can do it all. So, and on that, but with the lave, man, I'm a fan of unofficial 40 times. So I'm just going to call him the fastest dude ever. Either way, uh, you know, freshman year to the end of his career at Ohio State, he's still only, uh, well, it's like eight months older than um, Garrett. Like, I know he is a senior coming out, but it's really not that uh, much older. So not too worried about the age of things. I mean, he, as a freshman, man, like if you were watching him, like in the Michigan game coming out party each and every week, couldn't keep him in front of him. I uh, I love the comp from PFF's own Mike Renner of Calvin Ridley. Doesn't have the huge yak skills, but the route running smooth. He can take the top off the defense. And, uh, you know, there is some game theory, particularly if you're doing redrafts, which I I'm, I don't think we exactly are, but, uh, you know, trying to target <laughs> one of those wide receivers that might be going in the back half of the first round landing in Kansas city or green Bay uh, compared to up front, but hell we're here in, you know, Atlanta, Washington, and potentially as a uh, high up as that, you know, I guess the commanders, uh, whatever we're calling them, can't get enough of them Buckeye receivers. So to me, Chris Olave, uh, wide receiver four. I got Jamison Williams after that, but t- there's something about the guy that had to lead the school that got beat out by three other dudes. I know Jackson Smith and Jig was a G in his own right, but, uh, you know, Jameson Williams with the injury added on, uh, I'm going to put him behind the rest of these guys. <laughs> There's like shit on this. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, good. <Scott. laughs> uh, Jameson Williams might be my wide receiver one. He's, he's my wide receiver one by at least one of my models right now. But, um, yeah, I, I talked to models really- do you have? Jesus Christ. Yeah, too. Well, primary, uh, secondary, <laughs> tertiary. I, I talked to uh, big words. I, I talked to a, a really big name film <laughs> expert uh, who's like notoriously tight lipped. And off the record, uh, I like asked him about Chris Olave. And off the record, he was like, oh, he's a wussy. And he like didn't use that word. He used the other word. And like I dug into the profile. And like I think that's really correct. He has 176 career catches and only 10 missed tackles forced uh that's like, like jason witten numbers yeah numbers. that's what you're coming at me with all the guys the field I, don't, I don't know about you ian i don't know i'm doing on the back lot of the grocery store Scott, I, I think this I think team don't draft was he had zero broken tackles last in 2021 zero was he factor yeah. who did i get sorry rich Olave. i'm pretty sure he had zero broken zero. tackles in 2021. i'm sorry he glides by everyone before they can even touch him <laughs> uh, that's, a good, that's a good counter simple question ian is he a wide receiver one in the nfl yes Sure, or he's, Why did you always go up? or he's an overqualified <laughs> yeah, wide receiver too, like Calvin course. Ridley. Yeah, bring my voice into it, yeah. man. Let's talk football. What are we doing here? Do I mispronounce my last name again? <laughs> oh my God. You know, I always get higher pitch when I'm excited too. I don't know. Yeah, let's go, guys. man. Let's stay on topic though. <laughs> what do you got, Hat? Kevin Jameson? <laughs> Before before Scott said that he wanted to go after him, Rich, I think out of everybody in the room, you had the most facial expressions and the most reactions to Ian's pick anyways, and you're up next. So did you want to say something about Ian's pick or do you want to do no, your pick? I was just so worried he was going to take the guy I was going to take here and I didn't know what I was going to do. So it was just kind of, <laughs> it was an elation. I was like, oh man, thank God. It was elation. I was like, I have, there's something I could take here and talk about that I actually really do like. Thank uh, God Ian took that wussy. Just don't pick a wuss. <laughs> So, um, am I up? Yes, yeah. you're up. Do uh, it. Now, to be fair, post-NFL draft, very cowardly. Uh, any quarterback that's taking the top 15 here, I'm taking. I don't care who it is, Kenny Pickett or anything. If they're going top 10 NFL draft, 
Uh, if it's Kenny Pickett, if it's uh, if they're, if they're getting that kind of draft pedigree in a super flex league, I'm taking them and I'm going to look to flip that player uh, down the road. Or if they pan out, then I just have a really good young quarterback and I'm going to win some dynasty fantasy football championships. Now, until I know that an NFL draft is going to tell me what to do here, um, I'm easily hands down taking Kenny, Kenny Walker here. Um, and I love this pick uh, in, in a PPR league, a one QB league. This is my one, two overall. Rich, you I, I can't, love, you can't state that you love your own pick. We gotta do that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> you gotta vote. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I truly adore this. Pick. And um, I mean, what I, what I love about Kenneth Walker is everything about his game. It, the, most more than anything. I love his patience. Uh, I was not surprised by that four, three, two, 40. Cause I love how quickly you get to the outside edge. This is a guy when we talk about Chris Olave who gets knocked down by a strong win. This guy breaks tackles at a high level. Not a wussy. Not a wuss. He led Patience. FBS last Let's year in that. missed tackles. He had 89 forced Michigan tackles. doesn't breed wussies. <laughs> I have to say, this is a great pick if this were a standard league. I'm just kidding. No, I like, I like, I like this one. I love the standard. Uh, I thought you were going to say for here. me to poop on. Yeah, for <laughs> me too. Rich <laughs> takes his 102. I mean, everything he does – I mean, his vision is high quality in between the tackles. He's got quick feet. He's got really good contact balance. Um, he, he cuts really well. He, he lets his blocks develop so well. I mean, if there's a pulling guard, he's right behind them and getting that sideline and get it upfield. This is a guy who gets 20 yard gains uh, consistently. And right now, just like, you know, quarterback, how there's a small group of quarterbacks that are really going to lead the dynasty here that are young running backs. I mean, we see the big hit lately. A lot of good running backs coming in, but a lot of these guys are dropping off like flies. To get a three, two, three, a true three-down running back, which I think Kenneth Walker is, that's dynasty gold, and that's going to help you win a dynasty fantasy football championship. And that's exactly what we're trying to do here in this draft is find players to get us over the edge. And, and right now, just like those young quarterbacks, if you get a young running back, same thing. It's worth its weight in dynasty gold. They're such easy to flip. I love to get two to three years out of them. It's my hashtag two to three year window motto. As soon as I get that third year out of that running back, no matter how good he is, I'm flipping him for draft capital, draft new ones, and getting other players on top of him. So I think Kenneth Walker is going to offer every asset that I need out of a dynasty rookie pick, which is immediate impact and future tradability. I think Kenneth Walker is a home run here at 1-7. And if I get him in any draft here, whether it be super flex, uh, well, it's going to have to be super flex tight end premium. I think this is a fantastic pick. And Rich, how on earth do you take up 10 minutes of the show talking about quarterbacks and then you pass on QB2 <laughs> at 107? Because I, because, no, Chad, practice. I really, because this quarterback class to me offers, so, like, I don't, I don't, listen, these guys get paid millions and millions of dollars to scout these quarterbacks and they miss all the time. And this quarterback is just, it's, it's just said it's a weak quarterback class. I don't think these quarterbacks are that great. And I said, if a quarterback's taking the top 15, I will probably take him here. But I'm going to let the NFL draft dictate that for me because if he, somebody's going that high, I will take him here. But I don't, I'm not even guaranteed these guys will. So I'm not willing to take a Kenny Pickett if he's going late in the draft. I'd rather just take the running back here. And this is one class that I feel that I'm making an exception to the rule to because I don't love any of these quarterbacks. Melody Malik Willis, I don't love any of the guys. Matt Corral, I don't love these guys. So until I know where they're going to land and what opportunity they're going to have and how high they're going to go in the NFL draft, I'm not going to, I'm not willing to take them here in the first week of April. I'm going to wait until after an NFL draft. And I'm going to take a player that I absolutely do believe in and trust. And that's Kenneth Walker. So that's 12 minutes on why I would take Kenneth Walker <laughs> over a quarterback. It's, a, it's the right pick, by the way. I was just yeah. asking about all that diatribe earlier about quarterbacks. No, yeah, it's just, I think it's just a class. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of going back to that, uh, you know, what the 2011, uh, 
call that terrible quarterback class that they were in top 10. What's his face out of Washington? Jake Locker, you know what I mean? Uh, Christian Ponder in Minnesota. It's like, I don't want to end up in that situation too, where I just end up shooting myself in the foot and I got zero value whatsoever. And it it is true. After all these years, Rich, every time Rich comes in, he does speak about the quarterbacks and that is his his stance usually. And he prefaced what he picked by saying that. It's really funny though, but Andy keeps raising his hand and somehow it makes him go to the top of the screen and and he keeps keeps pushing it and unpushing it and pushing it and unpushing it. So what is it, Andy? What's going on? (laughs) I just want to add, because I I said at the top that Kenneth Walker would have been my, probably my one overall if it wasn't for Drake London. Reasons being, uh, I, I feel like the the hesitancy with Kenneth Walker is that might be a flash in the pan because Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller have been the, the names that we've known for the last two, three years. But Kenneth Walker's been doing this. And, and you know, you can say what you want about the ACC, even the Big Ten, but there's still Power Five conferences. And his, his numbers across the board have been on par. This isn't uh, out of nowhere. This is what he's been doing. He kind of got the short end of the stick in 2020 with the short COVID season. But if you, uh, you know, if, if you prorate those numbers to a full season, it's exactly what he did this past year at Michigan State. So not only did he do it with one program, but he did it in two, you know, uh, power five programs. And uh, he's, you know, checks every box for what we want with the running backs coming out, the age, uh, the size, the, the, the combination. I also think we sometimes put too much emphasis on running backs in college that don't have great receiving numbers, like they can't catch when we've seen that that myth be uh, dispelled time and time again. So uh, I saw him those... catch in high school. I, I saw a guy put together a tape of all of his high school catches. They lined him up in the slot, I think out wide, maybe once or twice too, but I, he looked perfectly adept at doing it. But I agree with what you're saying yeah, there. And I the, know the um, combine showed us they can catch, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I mean, when it comes to catching footballs, it's the cans and the can nots. It's as simple as that. You know, they're not utilized in college that way, like all the Wisconsin running backs. That's fine. If you could show me on tape, even inside the combine, that you can catch, it's either the cans and can nots, and how will they be utilized at the next level? And that's all that really matters. No concern. Jonathan Taylor is a prime example of that as well. I mean, Jonathan Taylor had like a 17% drop rate too, I think, coming out of Wisconsin. I think he let all running rookie running backs and catches. Cody, I see you sitting there and I see you looking around quite a bit, but you're on the clock now. We haven't heard much from you tonight, but yeah. what, do you, what do you want to do right here at 108? Wait, wait, wait. Cody, can you trash Kenneth Walker for me? <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, Please. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go in. James, you shut your whore mouth. <laughs> I think he's the hardest rudder in this class. I don't have a problem with Kenneth Walker. That value at, at 107, I think, is is nice. Um, I probably would have taken him ahead of a couple of these receivers as well, but because um, I think he's going to get the requisite draft capital and the opportunity. But um, yeah, Kenneth Walker was the one that I was sitting here and I was like, damn, if he really falls to me, I have to take him. And <laughs> you were open, yeah. I have to take him, yeah. But and but to answer your question, 108. Uh, coming in, I had the 109, obviously, and that's kind of where I hate to be. I hate to be at this spot right here because I'm looking right in the eyes of, of Jamison, and, and I don't love the whole entire profile on him. Looking at the quarterbacks, yuck. Uh, I got a running back I like, but I don't want to take him right here. Um, so I think I'm just going to go Desmond Ritter, uh, quarterback two. Uh, yeah, wow. he's 207 pounds. You don't love that, but he runs that 452, 97th percentile of 40. Um, we have him close comparable to Alex Smith on player profiler. Uh, watching him on tape, he misses a lot across the middle of the field, but he has that rushing upside, which we love in fantasy, that Konami aspect, um, as Rich Rebar would say. 
Um, and, and I just, I really like what Ritter brings. Uh, my last mock, I had him going to Pittsburgh in the middle of the, in the middle of the first round. I think if he lands there, I think we're going to be in a very, very good spot. I think he's some mixture of a Jimmy Garoppolo from an arm talent standpoint. Uh, I, I don't think he's quite as talented as Hertz is on the legs, but he's, he's got the ability to do it. Um, and I just, I think, you know, 44 career wins, 10,000 passing yards. He, he's going to get the job done. He's going to get an opportunity. And what we've talked about all night is value, value with quarterback and super flex. It's going to pay off in the long run. I'm a big Ritter fan. I appreciate you. <laughs> well, and especially when you're not that thrilled with some of the position players that are left, you go with the quarterback. And I think what Cody said too here is how he didn't love the spot. I think this is the perfect spot. If you have any opportunity whatsoever to trade out of this spot for a 23 first, yep. any 23 first, no matter what it is, this is the prime spot down to try and do that. I would too. That's a, I hate this spot. I hate like eight, nine, ten. I would yep. just a puky I said spot. Top to be seven in. the whole way through, and after that, yeah. just any any. I don't care if it's one twelve and twenty three. Give it to me. Every league we're in, and it's probably true of mostly everyone in this room. Um, I would get things thrown at me if I offered the one hundred seven for a twenty three first. <laughs> like people would drive to my house and just throw bricks through my door. Like you and. They know, yeah. Oh God, we made it almost an hour into it before you said "fuck you," but uh, almost good. We're not live. <laughs> no, but it, it is true, you know. It, but it all depends on the league you're in. There's a lot of people that you shake your head no, but there's a lot of people that may either they weren't in the first round and they want to get in, and this would be a, a perfect time to try to do that, you know. Uh, unfortunately, in a mock, we can't trade our pick, so we have to make a pick. And, we can do whatever uh, we want. It's our show. Do that well, next year. Well, the, I mean, Ian would have traded up here for Chris Olave, so it would have been good. There is no spoon. You guys, you guys <laughs> don't have it, a pick, There's so nothing worse do than doing a draft where every single you, person's like, oh, I'm waiting here for trade. Oh, that's the worst. Like, Negotiate in front of everybody. Oh, the worst. But, but you, yeah, but <laughs> you do know idea. somebody would move up for Jameis and somebody might like pick it more. Like, exactly. Zamir White, you could, like, yeah. you're going to hear it. Corral, exactly. Like, that's the one that, if you're for Corral, 100%, like, guys are going to want to move up for him. So it always seems I, like the, the, the best time to do trades is during the draft. Anyways, uh, somebody was calling out Shane. Well, yeah, you don't have a pick. So you can't do trade shit here. Well, that, that's, that seems, <laughs> the, that's not optimal. There's this a reason we're planning. No, there's a reason they, <laughs> he gets a pick and then he steals it from other people and whatever. And now we have Izzy up. Yeah. Um, this has been a very interesting draft so far. Um, a lot of receiver. I will say there's a lot of receivers considering like 50% of them bust in the first round. They were kind of being afraid of these quarterbacks and all that when we feel so confident about these receivers. When I think there's just so many receivers that hit, but relative to the amount that are out there, it's a 50% hit rate. So I think we just remember the goods and we just, just kind of fail to recognize the bads. And we just assume that everybody's going to be Justin Jefferson or, Jamar Chase, yada, yada, yada. I will say I would if Kenny Pickett – and I don't even like Kenny. I, I just don't – not a big fan of any of these receivers like the rest of you. But I will say at the end of the day, I'll take the quarterback. Um, and we don't think of Kenny because he's because he's white. But we don't think of him as a guy that can get – you know, he's mobile. He's not, the, he's not Desmond Ritter fast, right? He's not Malik Willis fast, but he's fast enough. And the thing is with these quarterbacks, we have to recognize, too, we do this every single year. We did in 2017 with Watson Mahomes, we let him fall to late first. We did in 2018, we let Lamar and Josh Allen fall to late first, early second. We did in 2020 with, with, uh, with Herbert. So we do it every single year. Now, of course, you got the Drew Locks in there in 2019, uh, Daniel Jones in 2019. But they've, I mean, Drew Locke held value going into year two. Daniel Jones still, people for some reason, think he's going to work. 
So all these guys have something. And what Kenny brings is that he actually ran a four six seven. So if you look at the guys like Josh Allen, you look at the, the Burroughs, you look at Dak Prescott, so you look at the guys that we view as mobile enough, Pat Mahomes, all these guys ran four sevens. So Pickett's in that – he's in that range. And I, I feel like it, it's hard it's hard to pass this up because – I think a lot of us view ourselves in a lot higher light than we really should be. Even the best analysts, the bet look at the NFL in general, like they have scouts that do this 24 seven and the hit rate, it, you'd be lucky to hit 55, 60%. This is a lot like sports betting. So we fail just as much as we hit. So you might as well go for the guys that if they do hit, you're sitting with a top 10, top 12, top 15 dynasty asset. Like Rich was saying, you got up to the 206. They're all quarterbacks. The Watson, Mahomes, Lamar, Allen, Herbert, these five quarterbacks that went in the back half of the first round are gone in the first round in dynasty startups. So it's like it's it's hard to pass it up for a guy like Jameson Williams, who I would probably take here if this wasn't a super flex league, uh, just because he provides some nice upside too. And I think that he's got maybe the highest ceiling. He'd be a top 10 pick if it wasn't for the injury. So I, I don't think ACLs are that scary. So I don't know why we're necessarily fading him. Um, but uh, I don't love Pickett, but I would take him here. The value. Yeah, we did it with Mac Jones, too. Yeah. Like, Mac Jones, like, he was good enough, you know, even though, of course, Lance and Fields and Lawrence and Wilson all struggled mightily relative to Mac Jones, and three out of those four guys are being drafted significantly higher than him in, in startups, but he still provides a nice floor there for a quarterback. So, I don't know, that's just kind of my philosophy. Rich, you kind of – outside of Kenneth Walker, who I do like as well. I mean, you share similar sentiments to me when it comes to the quarterbacks, but. Hey, just settling for Mac Jones feels like settling for six. You're like, look, this is probably the best I can do. And I'm not even going to try harder he, than He's that. the missionary position of quarterbacks, right? <laughs> oh like I'm, I'm, I'm a good missionary every now and again. It's okay, but it's safe, right? You're not going to get hurt doing the missionary. Well, like, I like he, your six. Shot. You might. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, All right. Depends no, on what kind of athlete you are. But yeah. I don't think I got the scar, is he? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring it back. But the thing, the thing is, especially like, like Rich mentioned earlier in the show, once this the real NFL draft hmm. happens and some of these quarterbacks do get drafted higher than we all believe they should. In, in all of these dynasty leagues, they're going to get drafted higher in the rookie drafts, which are going to push some of these position players that we all like into those later picks. So when you say you don't like the 109 right here, you may like the 109 in your Superflex draft when people are taking those quarterbacks you don't like, you know. Um, and after the NFL draft, what we're doing now would be totally different. Yeah. I mean, that's what's fun about doing it now. Exactly. I mean, you can make a counterpoint that if all these quarterbacks are going to fall this way, then you want to trade for these late 23 first or 22 first, just because you're going to be get uh, the upside, like as he says, of these young quarterbacks on your roster. Yeah. I have, I, Rick, Rich, we, we are in a league together. I have a late first. I will give it to you for a 2023 first. Because you're my friend. 23 seconds, Shane. 23 seconds. That's not oh, how math you. works. <laughs> All right, Rich. We're on to, to the other head. Rich. Rich, you're on the Rich clock. Rich Rebar is here too, people. <laughs> yes, and he's on Rebar. the clock. <laughs> Brevity. Uh, I, I just got to sit here. I don't know if you can win mock drafts, but you guys just let me have a preview here. <laughs> Uh, you know, you just let me have Jason Jameson Williams at 10. This will never happen in any league where I have the 10th pick. But we knew um, you had the Konami code. There was only so much we could do to <laughs> prevent you from winning. No, I think there's a pretty clear, like, top seven, you know, players in this draft. And, you know, if you want to shuffle them up and, 
you guys took two players that definitely were in those top seven ahead of there. You know, uh, we were in an actual draft right now that is is super flex, and Kenny yeah. Pickett went pick 15. Um, and he was the second quarterback taken in, in that draft, you know. So you also have to remember, too, that, you, that we're not just also flying blind in these drafts. You know, team team construct is really going to matter a lot for this quarterback class. If you feel like you've got a couple of decent quarterbacks, like, why are you going to add another log to the fire if you're running a platoon, even for the positional value? We've seen too many guys struggle. You know, you, you can try to run into that like Herbert, Herbert hand grenade and just kind of just blow up everything. Uh, but typically you get into things like last year. Last year was arguably the greatest quarterback class of our generation. And all those guys sucked for fantasy football. Uh, so I mean, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. They, they did retain some value, but if one more year, like you guys had on earlier, like these guys are going to bottom out. You're not going to get anything for Zach Wilson. Uh, you know, even guys like Justin Fields, if Trey Lance doesn't play, these guys are going to completely bottom out in terms of value. Uh, so I think but, it's but tough. Rich, in a let me stop you. Let me stop you there for a second. You get, like I said earlier, you get a free year to find out if they're good or not. And they got enough value insulation where you're like, okay, well, I don't like what I saw to Zach Wilson, so I'm going to ship him off. Whereas, like, look at Rashad Bateman, who struggled, like, with injuries, and he's with Lamar. He didn't have that same value insulation as a quarterback. And I and I love Rashad Bateman. But, like, even, even Devonta Smith, who had a good rookie season, he doesn't – People aren't going out and trying to acquire Devonte Smith for a higher All price. All of those tag quarterbacks were taken in the top ten. Yeah, the, well, those wide receivers were after the quarterbacks. Except look, for but look at look at look at Trey Lance though. Trey you Lance may have is being one drafted to two guys here that go in the top ten. I know, but Trey Lance is being drafted as a quarterback eight in Dynasty. That's insanity. We he can we can discuss if that's right or not. It does matter because it's your team. You're not building your team to the market. This whole like I have QB eight. Well, you can't start him. You can trade him. Congratulations, you're genius. Dynasty. You can trade Trey. But he was also the QB. Th- he was the third pick overall in the NFL draft. Sure. On, a- on April seventh, you can do some guesswork that maybe you say, "All right, you know, Dustin Ritter's getting some steam, or Kenny Pickett." Has- Kenny Pickett's consistently had steam in like the top fifteen, so maybe you can kind of you know gamble there. But like, none of these other guys do. Like, you're guessing. You're guessing that one of those guys is going to get taken with the capital on April seventh when we're doing this exercise. You're- it's absolute guesswork. Those guys can go pick thirty-two. They can go pick fifty. Like. That's not pick three. That's if not Devin happening. Ritter goes in round two, that's a train wreck pick. Yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute nightmare scenario, um, you know, before the draft. So, like, I, I, as far as this exercise goes, I mean, I don't see any reason. And it's the whole reason you passed on Kenny Pickett to, to take Kenneth Walker uh, is because he, you know the volatility of where he can go. Maybe pick six and you've got some insulation. But what if he slides? What if he falls to – you know, uh, you know, out of the first round completely, it's still well, potential. I didn't take- we don't know. So well, I think we're kind of basing this off of this. Uh, right now, it sounds like we. I think we'd all be kind of surprised based on the rumblings of Kenny Pickett falling out of the first round, whether we agree with it or not, whether we like him or not. Sure, his hands are a quarter inch too small. Whose aren't? But like, <laughs> like I think that there's such a there's such a desperation for quarterbacks in the NFL. Like he will go in the first round. He just will. But, but I don't think people are acknowledging that the back half of round one, it has a different calculus historically. If he goes pick six, half. So pick if you drop to 20, then that's why I asked, I asked Danny earlier about it, you know, pick 20 to Pittsburgh. That's a big drop for a quarterback falling that far. Mac Jones falling to 15 was considered a big deal, uh, you know, so fading to the back half. I mean, I think that's a completely different super flex discussion than someone that goes top 10. Top I 10. really don't think that even we see bucks at the top five all the time. Like these guys don't get it right. Just like we don't get it right. Most of the time, right. but it still you know, drops like, from there. 
And yeah, sure, the percentages I, do. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, there's a certain percentage drop off over the course of the draft, and it's like that at every position, though. It's not just the quarterbacks. It's like that with the receivers. Some of these receivers that we have pegged at these spots, if they fall into the late second, exactly. their hit rate drops as well. And we're drafting all of these receivers. There's legitimately eight receivers that I wouldn't be surprised if they were the wide receiver one at the end of the next season, right, from this it, class. So it, it's like – I also think when you talk about super flex, I think a lot of us probably can speak from experience playing these leagues. It's, it's great when we talk from a top-down view of these guys having value and having startup value. Like we talked about, you know, hey, this guy's going by the 206. But it's hard to trade those guys. If you have Zach Wilson, it is absolutely hard to trade him right now for any type of value uh, because you're getting that super flex kind of bump. And if you want to trade for him, you're not really getting any discount. Like you, it's so like it's it's so it's we like to talk about these hypothetical trades, but they don't really exist as much as you try to kind of believe that they do. And we talk about them, uh, you know. So I mean, I think that's also that plays into like the the mode here with this quarterback class. So uh, I mean, listen, I don't want to be stuck having like a QB two purgatory guy just because it's super flex. He's got added value, but those guys are still in, those guys are hard to move still. Right, if they're unstartable, but yet they're quote unquote liquid. Well, if the eleven people in your league don't make it liquid, where are you? You have an unstartable guy on your bench that you drafted in the top five a year ago. How liquid was Jalen Rager after year one? Well, completely liquid. And people were <laughs> jacking him as the wide receiver one. A lot of guys were. So it's like we, we're kind of nitpicking out just the quarterbacks when we have the receivers that do this all the time, but we have no issue drafting the receivers. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of confusing to be like, why wouldn't we just take the ceiling of the quarterback and see what we got? You talk about illiquidity. If there's if a league is like Rich was mentioning, it's so hard to move Zach Wilson. Uh-oh. If it's hard to move Zach Wilson, it's impossible to get rid of point kind of contradictory to you, Chad, was you know, that slide. I get what you're saying, but I think that's more us putting the the emphasis on that slide as opposed to these teams. These are still top 30 picks. I mean, these teams are also doing their quarterback work prior to the draft at this point now for the most part most of these teams have already figured out all right i'm going to i'm going to war with this starter anybody else is is almost developmental at this point you got a couple a couple places still you know where there could be possibility depending on like where malik willis goes or whatever but uh, i mean you know you look at like pittsburgh what they added you think they just added that just for the sake of drafting another guy and putting a premium on him and if he does bust so I think when you, when you talk about that slide, I think that's more in our psyche than what's actually real. Well, it's also I don't know. Look at the NFL. You see the reach on quarterback oh, oh, more oh, than wait, let wait, it wait, fade wait, to wait, the wait. whole rest of the NFL. Wait, I mean, yeah, if you give the NFL cracks to trade up for quarterbacks that any will. of those teams think is legit, they don't, I get they don't wait. Lamar Jackson I get is an saying. absolute outlier. Yep. Well, look at how the NFL's handled this entire offseason so far. Look what they've told us about this quarterback class. Exactly. He, that's that's you know, my point. Right. Uh, you know, Danny dropped off here, but you know, I did a podcast to him on the quarterbacks. We sent our guy Dan Pizzuta to the combine, and he straight out, flat out asked John Lynch if this quarter class impacted what they did with Trey Lance last year, and he said one hundred percent. You know, a team didn't need to sign Marcus Mariota before the draft, right? They sure, they sure as hell did, though. Right uh, like right. all these things, the NFL is telling us what they feel about this NFL class the entire offseason. They've told us. Yeah. How many blank. openings are there? 
that this is not a good quarterback class and they are not high on any of these quarterbacks. Like the yeah, NFL has literally told us this. And how right. many that are in need of quarterback are just going to fade it all together hot, that are high because they want to get into the CJ Stroud and Bryce Young sweepstakes next year yeah. and not waste. Almost everybody time. has the ability to kick the can that needs an actual long-term quarterback. The Detroit Lions can kick the can and play Jared Goff for another yep. season. Yeah. Uh, I think Carolina is probably the most open one. Atlanta, Atlanta can play Mariota for season one. This is a, a basically a punt year now. That that roster is absolutely scorched earth. Yep. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are probably the only other team, right? That that could potentially like that need a quarterback right now that could still They'll say take we have Baker Mayfield. Right? Well, so, and, and, and we still have a Baker Mayfield <laughs> domino to fall. But Washington, if they don't like any of these quarterbacks, can completely kick the can. They traded for a guy that looked like he was untradeable. Yeah, you know, right. which, it, which suggests that there's a desperation for quarterback. They'll take exactly. whatever they can get. Like we talk about kicking the can as if it's a reasonable thing. These guys are these coaches are, you know, obviously trying to win games for their careers. And same with the GMs. They're not thinking about kicking the can. We assume that they will because it's the right thing to do, but they don't do it because they need to bring Matt Rule needs to bring in Sam Darnold to because he wants to win games. It's not thinking about well, how do I get? Yep. The guy yeah, that's the exactly my point, though. That's why they signed Jameis Winston. That's why they signed Marcus Berry when they did. The Saints, right. the Saints punted a compensatory pick for Andy Dalton to be their backup. Like this right. is like right. before well, the that's draft. Kind of, that's kind of the point, though, isn't it? Like these guys, they're desperate for quarterbacks, so they will draft them and try to desperately to make them work. No, in high, no, no. If you look at the teams, they're telling you they're not desperate for they're these guys. They're going the opposite, right? Well, that's, <laughs> that's what they're suggesting. But Kenny Pickett, okay, now I will say. If He's Kenny the Pickett one guy that consistently, Malik Willis and Kenny like Pickett are the two guys that consistently get <laughs> put in. They've, for the entire process, those two guys have been in. Yeah. But the everyone outside of that is complete guesswork right now. I don't agree with you, but I, I took Kenny Pickett, so that's what I'm kind of basing it off. Of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're doing a draft. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. And, and, and the big thing here is Rich Rebar took Jameson Williams. And still hasn't even said why he's taking Jameson Williams. <laughs> we, yeah, we still are. We don't know what, are we in the second round? I agreed no, no, no. with it. So <laughs> it's about. So Scott can make his pick. Then we can all trash his. Pick. Well, yeah. that is yeah. funny. Yeah, Shane is a good, okay with it, so we're going to move on is what he's saying. Yes. But, yeah, Scott, you, you've had a lot of opinions with what's been going on tonight, and you kept quiet for a while, but now you're on the clock, so let's hear what I you have to Scott's say at 11. Five it does seem that way, Rich. You're right, but he's on the clock at 11. I just reduced the trade value on, on all you guys <laughs> so I can uh, buy them cheaper later. Uh, yeah, so so Rebar won the draft. Uh, you know, My potential wide receiver won. We'll see. I haven't finished my wide receiver model just yet, but uh, I'll definitely give you guys a chance to trash me because I'm going to go a little off the rails here. This is a tight end premium league. And my oh, model no. says oh, Trey no. McBride is a rare tight end prospect. So I'm just going to trust the model with this one. He had 1,121 receiving yards in 2021, the third best mark of any tight end since 2000. His 2020 and 2021 yardage market shares were the best and second best marks of any tight end since at least 2000 by uh, yards per team attempt in 2020 and 2021. Those numbers rank best and third best among all tight ends since 2000. Uh, second best PFF grade ever in 2021. There was a week three game against Toledo where McBride accounted for 99% of the team's passing yards. Dude is a freak. The only question was athleticism. And he proved at his pro day, he is not just average athletically. He's one of the most athletic tight ends in this class. His four, five, four, 40 yard dash time. If he ran that at the combine would have given him the best speed score in the class. 
that's the most predictive athletic variable for tight ends. Uh, and athleticism is, is more important for tight ends than any other position. So without further ado, trash me guys. One eleven. Wow. Nice. If he's not drafted in the first round. This is a train wreck. <laughs> okay. And I think I his expected it. draft position is like 50 that'd something. That'd be awesome. I mean, you're talking about positions to, that is literally the hardest position to get an elite into player the in. top tier. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally the hardest position to get an elite player in. And if you have, I mean, you're literally talking about, I always preach this. I preach it at the expo every single year uh, in dynasty. When you get a lot of teams that are, you know, you see the top level teams, the bottom level teams, you're looking for that one edge over your league mates, right? You're, Cause when you get that championship, everybody's at a good team. The one spot in dynasty fantasy football, especially premium that you can get the edge over your league mates is to have one of those top end, elite tight ends, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. Um, we're searching for those guys. Darren Waller is that one year. If you could find that guy, that's a true edge over your league mates to help you win a championship. I think, I think two years ago, Travis Kelsey was on like 95% of best ball league championship leagues. You know what I mean? Like it's it, that, like when you get a guy that's giving you wide receiver one numbers, like Mark Andrews would have been just regularly, like his regular numbers would have been like wide receiver five overall last year. So to get that in the tight end position, then you had the premium on top of that. I mean, that's just an edge over your league mates that you can't put a price tag on. And nobody trades those guys in leagues. So we're talking starting to talk about trading. Like if you have Mark Andrews and you want to trade for him in a premium league, like you're paying a quarterback. Like you got to pay a quarterback. You got to pay Jonathan Taylor. You know, you're paying that premium price tag for one of those tight ends. So if you have an opportunity to get, get, get a guy here, like Scott said, and I love, I've been on Trey McBride for a while now. I think it's a great value pick. Definitely at the back end when you're picking 111, you already have a championship caliber team. I think it's a fantastic pick. I, I have like an arbitrary distinction between quarterbacks based on Reeves's work. You know, obviously Konami, Konami code quarterbacks and then statues for running backs. It's bell cows versus workhorses uh, versus, you know, uh, scat backs versus handcuffs. And at the tight end position, I have oligarchs and then everyone else. And like the oligarchs are the big three sort of uh, uh, wide receivers masquerading as tight ends, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, um, not, not really George Kittle. He spent a little bit too much time blocking, although him and Gronk on just per target efficiency, you, you could put them in there. Kyle Pitts, I think is one of those. And so, yeah, this is just my model saying, hey, this is like, a guy who is potentially 90%, 85% Kyle Pitts, which is like 100, 180%, uh, you know, Mike Jasicki, Dawson Knox. And, you know, he's, he's way cheaper than that. So I, I'm just going to trust my model here and, and hope he really is one of those next elite uh, pass catching tight ends. Is there any team that he could be drafted by that would even push him higher in these drafts? Because it seems like Someone there's a threw lot out of Tampa Bay. That was that was <laughs> Tampa, Tampa and Tennessee. Yeah, and that Tennessee. would push him up on your on your list uh, even higher than that 111 right here. I don't know if yeah. I take him higher than 111, but I mean that would be a pretty prime landing spot in my opinion. What's Kyle Pitts worth in Dynasty now? Everything, just everything. Yeah, everything. Good luck. Yeah. yeah, you have children. You gotta give them up. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's a Shane answer, definitely, 100%. You know, we made a joke earlier that you said that you thought Scott has already had a lot of picks, but I think in this room, Andy has been very vocal all night, and Andy is now sitting here at the 112. So after everything that's been said... We'll I think the Giants would be a great spot for a tight end, by the way, with all due respect oh. to RSJ. 
Well, that's that's uncalled True. for. That's completely <laughs> uncalled for. Some of us are st- still living on the Ricky Seals Jones hype. All right, it's going to happen this year. You saw what he did last year when he got a chance in Washington. Sorry. <laughs> whole room stopped i think while you were talking chad had put a message up that he had to leave and he left and it kind of slowed everything down but yeah no i agree with what you're saying (laughs) ian so what do you think andy (laughs) all good uh i've been so vocal because picking at the back end of this thing i kind of had to get my voice out there otherwise (laughs) i was just sitting here for an hour no with the without with the exception of having to scroll 20 seconds to figure out who's talking in this uh you know exaggerated brady bunch setup we have here uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if we're going two rounds, but uh, this is all upside here. You guys are talking about dynasty strategy. This would be, you know, this is a second round pick. So I'm looking at something that is going to be a boom or bust for me. Uh, I don't feel like there's a lot of running backs left in that position. I do feel like there's more running backs available. Really don't love the tight ends to to go that crazy about. And the quarterbacks, we've already kind of broken them down so uh this might be a wild card but i'm going damian pierce from florida uh, to me he's um potentially the top sleeper in this class this is uh, alvin Kamara type of potential clone so this is the perfect you know back end of the first taxi squad kind of guy for me i just put him there i don't even have to worry about it if he hits great if he doesn't you know whatever um i didn't really give up too much to to acquire that so uh, for me, what this can turn into is going to trump what I actually need uh, for for this year. So the, the, I'm going Damian Pierce. Hope to get Doug Martin. I will not insult you, Andy, because I like you. <laughs> but <laughs> but go, go, go. just go because away. you like him, is he? Do you agree with it? I mean, you you he, can. He uh, doesn't though. He doesn't. I, I like Andy though. I respect nice. Andy. I, I won't say I won't bad talk him. So pick, then don't you know? bad what talk him. Pick? But you can have a you can have an opinion on the pick. It doesn't yeah, have Damian to be Pierce personal. is a great pick. Best pick of the draft. <laughs> So we all hate we'll the Damian Pierce truck. We all hate that pick. I mean, Andy just I feel I like, like Andy just wanted to he just wanted to talk about Damian Pierce and because he knew this was only one round. He's like, all right, well, I have he's to like, take damn it. I play a lot of Debbie. Who could I put in here and like really blow their minds? I'm, no, I mean it's not really that so Debbie. much. It's like there's, there's a, a, like I said, there's a handful of running backs that probably aren't gonna get there. Uh I want him over the other guys. Isaiah I feel Spiller like Spiller and Samir White. You want him over Rashad White. Rashad White. I want him over Rashad White. I want him over Spiller. Yeah, I know you can sit there and say, you know, these these names are more popular right now. Um, you know, I'd rather have a James Cook over Spiller or uh, or White at this point. So Your White could I'm not, be the next Nick Chubb, possibly. Um, you know, but I, I, you know, so to me, if I'm reaching, um, <laughs> which is kind of what this is at this point. Uh, wide receiver wise, there's still a bunch of guys on the board there that I'd love to have. You guys were talking about Jahan Dotson before, uh, Sky Moore still there, Jalen Tolbert, Wondell Robinson, who could be, you know, uh, the next Rondell Moore. I mean, that's kind of what his potential upside could be. So, um, this is pure. I, I feel like I can double down with my next pick to get what, if this one misses, could have been kind of equal value. So, I'm not going to come out of this empty handed. And if this hits, this could have been a you know top five pick in the in, of the class in hindsight. I just love how everybody mentioned like five other running backs and nobody <laughs> even brought up Isaiah Spiller. They did. A couple <laughs> people did. I mentioned Spiller. Well, I, I, I mean, find but, it, I find it very interesting that yeah, we did. You know, we've been we've been shitting on this draft for the longest time. Yeah, and I get it. Like, there's really not much. I, the delta between 104 and 112, maybe even 202, is pretty small. But the fact that you can in, in a in a mock with the Brady bunch says it was Andy was saying that um, we let. Spiller, who a lot of people like, I'm not the highest on him, but he's at 201. 
Yeah. You know, so it's like this draft isn't that bad. It, it may not be top heavy, but it's it's the ceiling is much lower than previous drafts and potentially future drafts, but the depth is there. It's, it's a really good well, depth yeah. draft. Yeah. yeah. Spiller, Christian Watson, uh, on Dotson. You still got Matt Corral on the board and George yeah. Pickens. Yeah, this draft is great. I'd love to have a second round pick. If you have yeah. four or more picks, I feel really good about this class with like four I'll, or more picks. One of those guys is probably going to hit. When I have one pick in the first round, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I got Shotgun it. approach. Oh, you could legitimately, and this is now, but if once we get to like the draft, there'll probably be two or three guys that surface alongside Brees, Malik, and uh, some of you guys, like uh, as myself, like Walker a lot. But what's going to end up happening is there's going to be probably four or five that people are really going to want to get. That's going to be like the tier one. And then if you're sitting at like 106, you could legitimately trade down from 106 to 112 and 201 and still get the guy that you want. Yeah. Like that's probably the, the the smart move to make in this draft. It's like I said earlier, you're going to get that Kansas City and Green Bay bump in this draft, 100. percent When yeah. they go, they take a receiver in the first round, no matter who it is, they're going to get a bump in your rookie draft this year. I I got to defend this not against Spiller too. By the way, uh, half of the room was shaking their heads yes when I said the name. So I'm, I'm guessing that was you know met with a uh, with with decent applause, uh, Izzy. Um, <laughs> so uh, the other thing I'll say though is I. I Feel when you look at Damian Pierce, he was misused as opposed to Isaiah Spiller, who plateaued. I mean, he really didn't evolve and he was kind of outperformed by his teammate, uh, Devin Achane. So, uh, you know, to me, it was more just that this is what he is. Uh, there's not another gear, there's not another level where Damian Pierce, I think, is still a lot more to uh, to uncover and appeal. Andy, so Superflex, you have the 112 and the 212 value talking. Would you be confident he wouldn't be there at 212 for you? In a draft like this, would, would, would that's what I'm saying. I don't think he would be. So, you know, in a draft full of Andy, he's definitely not going to be there. No, yeah, he would have. He would have been one three. Let me, can I just throw this in too? Because I, I actually have to bounce in a little bit. But like, I know everybody's Marcus. saying that that we get this. You know, there's going to be this bounce of somebody who's drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. But can we just go back through their recent track record of drafting wide receivers? It's not good. Like, yeah, they hit on Tyreek Hill, but that was nobody expected Tyreek Hill to be become the guy he is now but you look, you look at the guys that they've drafted at wide receiver and like granted they haven't spent a ton of draft capital on it but they also really have had a lot of swings and misses so yeah. like i know i know we want to believe that whoever goes there is going to get this bounce because he gets to play with patrick mahomes but um they haven't really shown a propensity to be really good at evaluating that position over the last few years and i and i said it by saying that i didn't say i was going to bump i'm saying you're going to see a large bump in the dynasty oh, no. community. You know what I mean? That's I, told, what no, I, I, I totally get it. I absolutely I'm with you. understand that. I totally I mean, get Nicole it. Nicole Hartman got a bump. Remember that? Like, Nicole Hartman got a bump because he was taking, what was he, a second, third round? An example. And, right. but, that was a, but he was a pro. But he example. wasn't good. I mean, he was supposed to take over for Tyreek, though, because Tyreek would have been good. suspended. I, he I totally agree happen. with you. No, I agree that it will happen because we'll just, you know, everybody's going to get stars in their eyes over who gets to catch passes from Mahomes. So I understand it. Um, but I just feel like, you know, maybe maybe that's the uh, maybe that's a little bit of haterade we should dump on this when everybody <laughs> think, starts to get really excited about it. But I think we're, we're splitting hairs from like we're looking at it like, well, is it going to be Jameson Williams? Is it going to be uh, Garrett Wilson? Is it going to be uh, Traylon Burks that lands there as opposed to like Wandell Robinson? I don't think anyone's going to suddenly move. Uh, or I let me pretend that's not going to happen. Yeah. It will. Never mind. Well. Let, it will. Let me say this. Let me say yeah, this. Al Pierce. If Al Pierce gets drafted there, <laughs> I, I hope 
we're not going to move him up into the first round. Look, look, every year we do this, we never know which direction it's going to take. We don't know how long it's going to take through first round, second round, whatever happens. We get a lot of great conversations going on, but we have gone very long for a one round draft. Um, I know that Marcus mentioned he had to leave. There's a few people that did already have to leave. So instead of trying to do a second round, is there anybody like the people that are still left? Is there anybody that was not mentioned in this first round that you think should should be mentioned at this point right now that in other words should listening... Andy, who should Andy have no 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 like Marcus you just said you had to leave is there anybody <laughs> is there anybody that wasn't mentioned that you think that some of our listeners that are listening uh should pay attention to that didn't get any love tonight He's the 201 anyways, right? Well, uh, I, it, it, no. I don't know that we have a whole yeah, no, time to do a whole would, round. But this right. would be his, yeah. Right, exactly. Speed I mean, you know, I, I know Isaiah Spiller's speed name run, has been yeah. mentioned. <laughs> I, know, I know Isaiah Spiller's name has been mentioned. I think he's a, he's one that's that's out there potentially. Um, uh, depends how you feel about Christian Watson. Uh, he's another one who I know is getting a whole lot of love right now. Um, you know, so I, I was actually, as we were doing this, I'm like scrolling through and I, I saw a, uh, a, a Martavis Bryant comparison. Uh, on my timeline to that, but uh, I, those are the couple of guys that I think I just it's funny too. As, as I'm going through these guys and I'm reading as much, I just get the feeling that there's a general kind of malaise about this class, <laughs> yeah. in in general, right? I mean, you know, you've got a couple guys at the top, but even like you know, I feel like we're talking ourselves even into Malik Willis, right? Like we came into this draft season thinking that this wasn't a really good quarterback draft, um, but we've kind of gotten our, to the point where we're talking ourselves into Malik Willis because he can run and he's got that upside. He's got that Konami code upside. Um, but in general, I just I just feel like this is this is not going to be a draft that we're going to look back in fantasy and be like, yeah, man, this was a, a gold mine. Like, I just don't I don't have that feeling about it right now. Yeah. And it seems to be that way. We've heard that from quite a few people leading up to even tonight. Bob, Bob Harris, what do you think? Is there somebody you missed? Uh, no, I think someone could cavalierly tossed out the notion of shooting themselves in the foot. Hey, unless you really shot yourself in the foot, it's really it's really not a good comparison. That's <laughs> it's better. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. So I think I think are we, we talking about Mexico? I love here? you, Bob. You're awesome. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> we are we are definitely not a pro. Shoot yourself in the foot. Podcast. Yes, please. I don't know how many podcasts are bold <laughs> enough to say that, but I'll go ahead and say that. Uh, yeah, I think we'll do that. How about you, Bob Lung? Anybody? I mean, I'm just happy uh, to be invited to this. I am not a <laughs> dynasty guy. I would never brag well, that I am. I think there was some, uh, you know, I think there were some great picks. I, I learned, I learned more in this last hour for my future draft picks <laughs> coming up here in Columbus with Jeremy and. <laughs> and uh, Ian and the boys that uh, I, I feel much more prepared than I've ever had for my rookie draft. So I just thank you for the invite. And uh, I learned a lot tonight. So and I hope the people who watch this recording understand how much knowledge in the dynasty world is sitting right in front of them in this group. And like you said, I'm just honored to be here. So thank you guys. That's awesome, Bob. And you know, you created something that we all love, especially in this industry, your, your convention that you were going into what it's, it's the third year now. I know we had that the break. third year. Yeah. We had the break because of COVID, but, but what you've created over there in Canton every year, bringing all these people together and it's just getting bigger and so much, the little that we heard tonight, you could hear so much more of that at your convention this year, right? I mean, yeah, this is it. I mean, you know, you get to see all of, almost all of these guys will be there live. Um, though, so again, anybody out there who hasn't heard about the expo yet, go to the fantasyfootballexpo.com and 
And, and, and you're going to see all of these guys, almost all of these guys will be live on stage. They're all weekend at the parties, at the drafts. Um, it is, you know, it is what you expect it to be. It's just an amazing uh, camaraderie and weekend with all the best of the best. And like I said, a lot of them are sitting here. And uh, if you haven't been to this, please make sure you do. Uh, it's, 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 it's a great time. And I think you guys all know that. So, um, thank you for that. Awesome. Thanks for that shout out. It is great too. You know, we're all used to, whether it was COVID or pre-COVID, we're all used to doing these kind of uh, Zoom type of meetings and right. we see each other as these small little icons. But then when we get to meet each other in person in Canton, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, actually, Marcus, I, I met you there the, the first year of the convention and and we talked about uh, my brother. You were a fan of Teen Titans. So that, that was pretty funny. But, uh, you know, it, it also, we also found out, especially Shane says that I'm a gnome because everybody else is so much taller than me but um we appreciate all of you guys being here i don't know rich uh rich dotson rich uh, izzy cody did, did you guys have any players that maybe we should mention or not or do you think we we touch on everything that needs to be touched i thought besides pickings i would say go ahead cody sorry about that no man. you yeah 100 was really what you were just gonna say i was gonna say there's one guy this name as i haven't heard yet is it's george pickens it's like That's what I was gonna say too. <laughs> and, and debbie it, he was you know the number one dude a couple years ago he come in 195 pounds at the combine. It, supposedly he wasn't actually 100%. Still ran a 4.47. I asked him who he prototyped himself after. He said Devonte Adams, but I'm bigger. I think he's got that that alpha mentality. Um, you, it, it's weird listening to like Daniel Jeremiah talk. He's like a lot of NFL teams like him. A lot maybe don't like him as much, and and the range is is quite large with him. Um, then you hear the guys from Georgia. They're like he's better than AJ Green. And then you know now he doesn't go in round one. It's like Everyone's all over the board. That's the one guy I wanted to ask and see what you guys thought, where you had him at, kind of based on versus these other guys. His hands are glue. I mean, he doesn't drop any football, so he had two drops out of his, I think, when he had 142 career targets, only had two drops. Uh, I mean, he's running after the catches, kind of doo-doo at 3.17 yards. Uh, but besides that, I mean, coming off a torn ACL in the spring of 21-1 and still looking pretty solid there, yeah. uh, being a year removed. I think he – in the second round, I mean, I think in the second round, you're shooting for upside here, right? Like you're looking for guys who are off the, off the highest ceiling, like a guy like John Mechie, like, oh, that's, 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 that's a diamond dozen. So you're going to look at George Pickens here as a guy with big upside. Christian Watson, uh, he's a vertical linear runner, but he's, he offers some upside. Uh, Zamir White in the right situation, he goes maybe in the third round, he offers the upside there. So I think George Pickens is one of those players definitely that, you know, from a, De a Debbie guy that a couple of years ago, that will offer you that upside, at least that wide receiver one upside, that potential. Like a guy like Wondell Robinson at 5'8". I mean, there's only been one wide receiver one in the history of fantasy football that was 5'8". I think it was Wes Welker back in 2011. You know, so it's – it's you're looking for that big upside wide receivers, maybe a really good running back. And I said, like, Spiller offers that upside. To me, I think George Pickens is the cream of the crop here at 2-1, in my opinion, too. And I think he's going to say the same thing. I like yeah. that. Pickens, Pickens was in my queue right after – uh, Pierce, hmm. that matters. Izzy, yeah, that was supposed to be talking funny. But all right. You talking to me? <laughs> 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 to me? Uh, it looked like Izzy was going to say something too, I, and that's why I thought. I, I, was, hey, Marcus. I was biting my tongue. <laughs> all right, Marcus no, I, had to go. I, I think I think David Bell's another guy. Like, here's the thing: like now we're in the second round, so I think at this point you just draft good football players. Um, 
And I think David Bell's a good football player, and he's getting a lot of flack for the four six five that he ran and all of that. But I don't think anybody thought he was that explosive as a player. So it's not what it's not like we saw somebody that was explosive and then he turned out not to be, right? And there's a lot of some of the best receivers that we've ever seen have come out and ran high four fives, low four sixes. So it's like I think he's kind of getting a bad rap. I think he's a lot better than being drafted. He'll probably go in the two hundred five to two ten range in rookie drafts. And I think that's a really good spot. Really good spot for him. Uh, David Bell ranks sixth since 2000 in career receiving yards per game among all wide receivers in the power five. Uh, Michael Crabtree's one, Larry Fitzgerald's three, Justin Blackman's five. You know, he didn't he didn't bust out of the league because of talent, uh, Justin Blackman. But yeah, a really interesting guy. But then, you know, you see that that 40 yard dash. That's a red flag. But, you know, the combines so overrated for specifically <laughs> wide receivers uh, after round one. So round two through seven, the 40 yard dash time has a negative correlation with uh, NFL success and like extremely negative when you just for draft capital. Um, so yeah, maybe he's a guy I, I haven't really dug into him, but he's somebody who's really interesting to me. The thing I don't understand about bell is that 40 times just hinders him so much when a year ago as much as we loved Rondell more, everybody was just like, oh, but David Bell's better. And then he goes out and puts up a almost 1,300-yard season. And because he runs a little slow, it's, well, forget him, screw him. So, you know, I agree. That's another guy that's just – this is what I meant by there are other guys out there that are going to linger. And you guys were all making the argument for quarterbacks. How can you honestly say that, you know, Ritter, who I, I do love, but Ritter or – or uh um, uh, Kenny Pickett or a- anybody with the exception of Malik Willis. And that's just because what we've kind of built with the legs. But how can you honestly say that either either of those guys are any better than a Matt Coral or a Carson Strong, uh, as an example? So or Sam know. Howell or Sam Howell. So when you're talking about all the arguments you're making for quarterbacks going in the first round, just for what the potential draft capital could be and what they could be worth in, in a trade. Um, you can make the argument all three of those guys should have went in the first round in a super flex. Yeah. Yeah, but you can make that case at receiver too. That you t- we saw, uh, who was it? Who went 103? Or was it 104? Yeah, Garrett Wilson went 103. You, you, I could legitimately – so we're, and Jameson went 110. So like that seven-pick difference between the two, there's three people on this chat that have Jameson Williams ahead of Garrett Wilson. And it, it wouldn't be shocking – to anybody in this chat, if Jameson Wilson was or Jameson uh, Williams was a better receiver than Garrett, so it's like it, it, you can say that with just about any position. So it's like it, I get your point though, for sure. And this draft class though has made this conversation awesome. Yeah, like it really has. There's so so much dialogue around this, and the you know the the sort of wide uh, broad tiers for the positions and the uncertainty makes this having this before the NFL draft really cool because there's a lot of good conversation. Plus the and, NFL you know, arguments coming out. The there. NFL made a rule change last year where they got the fifth year option is guaranteed 100% guaranteed now. And it's definitely already had an impact since that rule was in, implemented. And it no longer makes like a team's going to trade in to pick 30 to get a quarterback now because of the fifth year option because that is now 100% guaranteed money and you don't have that free luxury now to kind of have that freebie year. It could be a um, hamstring. Yeah, it's, it's actually more of a problem. So I, I keep yeah. seeing that brought up. Like the Lions are going to take a guy at 32 because the fifth-year option. The fifth-year option is moot right now. It's it's completely irrelevant now in the NFL. 
Ask so, the Panthers and ask the Browns about the fifth year option. It's, it's $24 million right now this year for the fifth year option. So by the time we get to these, this quarterback class, uh, you know, it's going to be what, 28, 29 million at that point. Like it's, it, that's not going to play a role into anybody coming up to get a quarterback uh, with the Chiefs or Bengals pick or any of those late round picks. Um, dude, to me, though, like when you look at this class, there's one guy that like we we brought his name a couple times, but like objectively, just like a smart bet. If Jahan Dotson is consistently mocked as the wide receiver six, like universally, and the five guys that we took in this draft could all be gone by pick 20. And then that murderer's row that you guys keep bringing up of Packers twice, Chiefs twice, Cardinals need a wide receiver, the Cowboys need a wide receiver, the Bills could take a wide receiver. Uh, like he's probably going to go in that spot. And like from an objective stance, he's going to get a sweet landing spot, first round draft capital. You don't even really have to love him as a player. Um, I, I think he's I think he's fine and solid, but like he's going to be just an objectively really sound pick to make. And that's that also goes towards draft capital with with the people that are. I mean, look, we we all have Shane. What was it? Two weeks ago, we we were talking to people about the the people that are obsessed with everything right now. It, it's kind of an obsession, but the majority of the people that play fantasy, whether it's regular regular redraft or dynasty or whatever, they're not tied into all the little things that we are, like you were saying about, you know, the fifth year option and all that stuff. And especially prior to the draft. So there's a lot of people that don't, don't even look at their uh, rookie drafts till after the real NFL, seeing where everybody lands. So a lot of these choices that we make right now, you're right. We're, we're, we're hoping that it's a great landing spot, but the moment that one of those guys get drafted in those later rounds, they all of a sudden get bumped up and then some of this stuff we're talking about doesn't even really mean anything in the end, you know. Um, I do know that in the future we have quite a few of, of everybody that are in here are going to be on the show again. And I think when you guys come back, we'll talk about some of your picks and some of the people that you thought uh, thought about after they are finally drafted on a team. So, you know, we really appreciate all you guys coming tonight. I know quite a few people had to bounce, so we're 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 down to about you gotta do eight, the same thing after the draft. Did well. You say- what did you say? Uh, some or all? That's a really good point. Rich. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm I we are happy to have all of you guys back after the draft and do it oh, all yes. over again. You know, <laughs> I mean, we get, we can end it. I'll let once the cameras stop, I'll, I'll reward everybody stuck around. I'll give them some uh, inside information I just heard. Awesome. Uh, okay, uh, now nice. let's get out of here. <laughs> an, inside, an inside source on a very high profile player. That's a super flex player. Awesome. Uh, Baker's getting cut. All right. Well, then let's, why don't we wrap it up and say goodbye, everybody? And seriously, we all appreciate it. to trash somebody else. Come on. (laughs) The only reason I stay. (laughs) Wait, what? Wait, what'd you say, Bob? I was waiting for Barrett to trash somebody. I I would have been out of here an hour ago. (laughs) Barrett, is there anybody left for you to trash? Is there anything you want to say before we wrap it up? Man, you look so Uh, much like, uh, 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 forget it. Go ahead. <laughs> I just feel bad. It's the first time I've ever met Scott. This is my first interaction with him in the history of I've been in this industry Seriously? for eight years, and I've never met or talked to Scott in my entire life. Yeah. He's like our Alec Baldwin he, he just, on. Uh, he looks like Matt. He Saturday looks like Fitzpatrick to me. I'm, a, I'm gonna go follow yeah, Scott. Yeah, on Twitter. I got follow. Got some Fitzpatrick going on. No, he looks. He looks like Ross McQuad. He uh, on Walking oh, Dead. You know, that's what he looks oh, like. Oh Jesus. Stop talking about how good looking Scott is. I'm not saying he's good looking. Well, I mean, not that I'm saying Ross is it. Look at all these followers he's got. We can get you an autograph. He's been on the show 32 times. I know, no. Wait, wait. Rich is is following him now. Scott, make sure you follow Rich back. (laughs) You should should see Scott. 
You should see Scott without the beard. Oh, it's really? He's, I, many, I, I lose like six years. I was going to say, how many years does he lose, though? <laughs> yeah. uh, poor, poor Cody, Rich, and Izzy. Like they, they've they've never interacted with me before. They think I'm like a bully. You know, <laughs> not stomping on not on Danny and Ian. No, those are no. my friends. But uh, I, thanks for having me. I thought this was a blast. Uh, you got to get me on at least a few other times. Absolutely. Uh, especially once I'm done with uh, my all my articles. Well, you pop in all the Let time. Like we say, you're the Alec Baldwin of our show. That's you know? what I want to be. This is the first time you <laughs> called me in uh, in months. No, no, no. It's the first time Jeremy called you. Shane and I, uh, uh, we didn't yeah, get I'm it. Not a, I'm not allowed to actually <laughs> ask guests to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it took us almost two hours to get into the, the behind the curtain type of stuff. But Bob, Listen, if that was the reason you stuck around, I'm so happy you stuck around then. <laughs> well, then, you know, I mean, Shane, I mean, always. I mean, oh, like, Shane, uh, not like any of the rest of us. I'm on, there's Shane. Well, what are you doing, man? <laughs> no, Bob, thank you so much. You were you. you were our first guest, right? Like the first uh, time we had somebody, I don't mean the very first guest, but I mean, forget it, whatever. Shane's you looking at me like, shut up. Whether it's inside information or not, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. that's right. Rich wants inside. Okay. Right, so, so thanks. Say goodbye. Yeah, Patreon, bye. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thanks, yeah, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Say goodbye, this Shane. Should, see you later. better be good, Rich. <laughs> Yeah, it's better to go. Let's go. Right, wait, 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 Rich. Got? Rich, before you say it, let me stop the recording. Hold no, on. Stop the recording. <laughs>